Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. How long did the show last? More than seven hours. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. The French Alps, weighing 477 pounds, the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. Everybody remembers that moment where they first saw Andre the Giant. We're all intrigued by Andre the Giant, the human, but the reason we're intrigued by that is because he seems like so much more. He was a god. You're gonna be you're gonna be snowed in this weekend if you haven't checked it out. Whether you're a wrestling fan or not, it's just great storytelling. It's uh, one of the great characters of our lifetimes. Andre the Giant. Bill Simmons is the executive producer, and he created those Thirty for Thirties. HBO. Uh, All right, let's bring in our guest here. He's a loyal listener of 1500 ESPN. He's a two-time AWA Tag Champ, 1982 PWI Tag Team of the Year uh, award winner, and spent nearly a decade in the WWF at the time. Jumping Jim Brunzel, welcome to the show, Jim. Thanks a lot for having me. So, My pleasure. Yeah, we're like, we we love uh, we love wrestling stories, and uh, I'm a diehard wrestling fan on this show. So uh, it's fun to have you on. Let's just start where where you, you heard the masked man there at the end of the uh, the clip we just played. What was your first ever encounter with Andre the Giant? Do you remember it? What was it like? Well, it was at the studio, and we were over at um, I think it was Calhoun Beach Towers. You know, I think it was 1972 in the end. And Andre had come, and he he came into the AWA um, during the fall of the year, and they would promote, in all the towns, they would promote a battle royal. And Andre would be the star of the battle royal, and then the winner of the battle royal would wrestle the heavyweight champion of the AWA. And at that time, it might have been Vern, or it might have been Nick Bockwinkle. But Andre, I remember (laughs) coming in, and uh, he was already playing cards. And and he used to do that... um, before the matches, and he'd, he'd sit down and he'd, and he'd have his tights on and he'd have his under tights, and then he'd have his tights down by his feet. And uh, this is the truth. He used to drink three bottles of Merlot before he went into the ring. Wow. And he'd play cards, and then all of a sudden they'd say, Andre, you're up. So he'd stand up and he'd hit himself in the chest, let out with a groan, pull up his tights, Put him over his arms and shoulders, and out the door he went. So, and he was, you know, he was a wonderful guy. He and I got along really well. Um, he, you know, it was hard being a giant. You know, he couldn't go anywhere, and people would, you know, stare at him and come up to him. And um, 
I remember when he used to travel uh, on the airlines, he'd always, you know, he'd have to get two seats, usually in first class. And uh, he used to have, we all used to carry this Halliburton, which is a metal bag that uh, we used to carry our tights, our wrestling gear in. And and Andre had a, a nice gold, you know, Halliburton bag, and, and he used to have a bumper sticker on it. And when he'd walk, when he'd walk off the plane, he'd hold it out in front of him, and it and it, the bumper sticker read, "It said, don't get too close or I'll fart." <laughs> I'm sure those probably registered on the Richter scale once or twice, right? Yeah, they might have. He he was, you know, he was a real character. Um, I there was a time uh, up in Winnipeg, and he was very good to me and. And uh, I brought him over to our house one time when my daughter Jenny was about 16 months old, and he walked through the door, and Jenny was just starting to walk, and she saw him, and she ran back into the, her bedroom, wouldn't come out. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Andre says, "I scared your daughter." I said, "Don't, don't worry, don't worry." But so finally, she came out, and and she just sort of looked at him. But uh, I took Andre to uh, a lunch. Um, up in Winnipeg, and it was cold as hell, and we were not too far from the Marlboro Hotel, which is a legendary hotel in Winnipeg, and, and they they had a little uh, French cafe, and it was called Chez Andre, and I used to go there because they'd have great, you know, a lunch specials, so I thought, geez, I could take Andre in there and, you know, get him a, a nice meal and, you know, th- thank him for all the stuff he's done for me and, and the other guys, so I said, Andre, I want to take you to lunch. So we go in, and I see this. They had like a um, a pork tenderloin dish with potatoes and whatever it was, asparagus, six ninety nine. So I thought, geez, this won't be bad. So we sit down, and they said, um, uh, what would you like to drink? And I said, well, I'll have a Coke. So then uh, they said, Andre, what do you want? And he said, I'll take a double shot of Remy Martin. So he got that, and then we had the meal, and then they said, would you like to have a, a bottle of wine? He said, sure. So he got a bottle of wine, and I, and I got the check, and I said, this is my treat. And I thought, you know, 12 14 bucks or something like that was $145. He had, uh, you know, the bottle of wine was like 80 bucks, yeah. <laughs> and then the shots of Remy Martin were about 12 a piece. So <laughs> Top shelf only. <laughs> I paid for this lunch for 145 bucks. <laughs> I said, I said, Andre, I says, please. I said, next time, I said, I buy the food, you buy the drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Jumping Jim Brunzel is our guest, and uh, we, I, I watched the Andre the, the Giant documentary on HBO a few nights ago, and highly recommended to the audience. And and Jim, one of my favorite stories. And as a kid, I mean, I was born in the 80s, and so I remember as a kid, my the first WrestleMania I remember watching was the Hogan Warrior WrestleMania 6, but but I watched on video as a kid. I think anyone who was born in that generation knows that WrestleMania 3 was what really... I mean, WrestleMania 1 and 2 are revolutionary, but WrestleMania 3 really went to another level with 90-plus thousand people inside the Silverdome, uh, the Hogan-Andre body slam and, uh, and that match. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you wrestled a tag team match as the Killer Bees... And you guys were the the match right before the main event that night, right? We were, and people could care less about seeing the bees and right. <laughs> uh, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Schnook. Uh, exactly. And, and uh, you know, we we had about I don't know ten, twelve minutes, and you know, everybody, you know, the the match had built up between Andre and 
and hoped so, you know, so much that, um, you know, it was sort of like, uh, hurry up and get your match done. And, uh, it was quite a thrill though. You know, they had 97,000 people there and they had, they had all the media from all over the world, which was pretty cool. And then, and I, I believe, you know, the match between Hulk and, uh, Andre was, uh, legendary and, um, uh, it, it, it spoke highly of, of what Vince had created, you know, in the WWF at that time. And, uh, Andre was, you know, a, a good soldier and, you know, at, at any given moment, you know, uh, he could, you know, he could do anything he want in the ring and nobody was going to do anything about it. So. Right. Do you buy that Hulk, cause Hulk Hogan told the story and he's, and he said this for a long time that he didn't know. He kept checking with Andre and checking with Andre in the in the hours leading up, and Andre kept kind of blowing him off. and And Hogan said he didn't know that he was going to win the match until in the ring near the end. Do you buy that, or do you think do you think Hogan is uh, is blowing that no, up? I believe it. I, I I don't think Terry'd lie about that. And, I, yeah. and that's characteristic of of some people. I mean, Andre probably did that just to uh, entice the match because if you don't know the finish of the match, then you're you know you're really thinking in there. And um, I, I'm thinking of, you know, other people that have done that. And I remember uh, Terry Funk uh, from the Funk Brothers uh, would do that all the time. He, he'd just say, don't worry, we'll cover it in the, <laughs> in, in the match. So you, you go out there and you think, okay, here we go. But, you know, these guys were uh, such a master of the craft that uh, you just placed your trust in them. And, you know, nine times out of ten, it worked out great. Yeah. Hey Jim, how how careful did did he have to be too not to hurt people? Because with that size, I mean, I I would take it if you even if it's scripted out, if you slip up a little bit, it would be you know very simple to hurt a person. How careful did he actually have to be not to cause uh, grave bodily harm? Well, I think you know he protected the people he worked with really well, and and I think you know a lot of people. Uh, especially in a battle royal when you got 10, 12 people in there and he's in there, you know, you have to be careful from somebody from the backside, you know, either rolling up on you or, or doing something and you're not aware of. So uh, I remember when Vern broke us all in, he said, if you're in a battle royal, always keep your back to the ropes and, you know, have your head on a swivel. And, and uh, fortunately enough, um, uh, when I was involved in a couple of uh, battle royals with Andre at the smaller towns, he and I were the last two uh, baby faces or good guys in the ring, and then there might be three or four heels that were coming at us, and Andre used to pick me up. I, I, I think I sent a picture to Phil about yeah, this, yeah. but he'd grab me, you know, and pick me up by the uh, waist and shoulders, and then I'd drop kick these guys, you know, bing, 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 and it was <laughs> it was a pretty good high spot, and, and we're good in a couple times, but uh, I got one more story to tell about Andre if we got time. You T got time? Jim, we got, tell as many stories as you want, man. We'll go, I mean, yeah, we got five, ten more minutes, whatever, go ahead. Okay, well, this, this is a, a story that happened, uh, and it's actually um, in my book called Matlands that I wrote a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, Andre had always been, you know, noted for his consumption of alcohol, especially beer. So yeah, we used to have a circuit. We used to wrestle uh, down in Peoria, Illinois, and we do Chicago, and we do St. Louis, and then uh, we do Moline, which was about 99 miles north of Peoria in the Quad City. So... Wally Carbo gave me, he called me and he said, Jim, I want you to, uh, to drive uh, 
uh, the big guy, uh, you know, Andre, I want you to take him from, uh, you know, Peoria to Moline because he's got a girl that's going to meet him there and he has to be in there at 1130 at night. And I said, okay, so he said, get a Cadillac and we'll pay for it. So I got a Cadillac. I got uh, Andre in the front seat with the seat all the way back and he was real comfortable. And then, uh, he wanted to stop at the liquor store before we got on the uh, freeway. So stopped at the liquor store and he got two six packs and I, I think it was Budweiser. So he had two six packs and, and I, I think they were the 16 ounce type. So yeah. we get in the car and it's it's roughly uh, uh, probably twenty to ten, so I knew that he had to be there before eleven thirty because this girl was flying in from New York, and he wanted to meet her there. So I'm driving pretty damn fast down the road, and all of a sudden I see this cop coming on the other side and turns his lights on. So I thought, oh gee. So I pulled over. He comes up behind me, and he comes out and. Uh, he said, you know, you're speeding. And I said, yes, sir. And I explained to him, I said, my friend here, we just got done wrestling. And I told him <laughs> he had to catch a flight in Moline and it was leaving 1130. So he looked at my license and everything. And he said, well, you were going 74 miles an hour in a 60 or something like that. And I, I said, I apologize. So he, he noticed Andre was sitting there with a, with a big, um, you know, uh, paper sack right between his legs. And he said, Andre, he says, What's in the sack? And Andre said, beer. And, and the trooper said, what? And he said, beer. So he asked Andre to get out of the car. And when Andre got out of the car, the, co- the cop stepped back. He couldn't believe how Andre, how big he was. So Andre's got the sack of beer. And uh, the cop looks in there, and he counts seven dead dead beers. You know, he drank seven <laughs> seven beers in a, in a matter of about 13 miles. And... So the cop says to me, have you been drinking? I said, no. I said, I got a Pepsi, you know, in my hand. So he said, well, he says, uh, he looked at Andre and he said, you drank all those beers? And Andre said, yep. And he says, okay. <laughs> he, he says, open up your trunk. So open up the trunk, put the rest of the beer in there. And then uh, he gave me a speeding ticket. And Andre said, don't worry about it, Wally. You'll pay for it. So yeah. <laughs> we're driving down the road and we go about 20 20 some more miles and and all of a sudden andre says pull over and i said what for and he says i want the rest of the beer <laughs> <laughs> so, so the beer so the oh go ahead yeah go ahead time, but uh, you know he he uh he had an enormous capacity for you know alcohol and 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 he you know it's just so rough being a, a giant and he he gained so much weight in the latter years it was hard for him to move around he had trouble with his his knees and his back and his neck and he had some dental problems and uh, and he was a wonderful guy and i remember when he passed away uh you know he he was attending his father's funeral in france and two days later he he died and everybody said it was of a broken heart yeah yeah do you have jim real quick in the last couple minutes here this has been great this is jumping jim brunzel on with us uh, telling andre the giant stories are there any stories or anecdotes, like to Judd's question earlier, if he didn't like you or or guys that he just, for whatever reason, just uh, wanted to treat a little extra poorly in the rim and uh, in the in the ring and be a little stiffer with uh, with his work? Were there any stories like that where guys would come back? I mean, there was uh, Big John Stud was one of them in the documentary that we saw the other night. He apparently he didn't like Big John Stud. 
Well, there was a couple people that didn't that he didn't like, and and you know he didn't press it beyond. You know, I mean, I'm sure he could have, you know, made their life miserable. But uh, he, uh, you know, John Stead fancied himself as the next giant, and John Stead was like six nine and and four hundred pounds, and and took every god dang uh, PED you can think of. Yeah, you know, he was taking gorilla, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, hormones or what, but. Uh, so Andre, if he didn't like it, you know, he would, he would, you know, sort of confront you. And then in the ring, he might give you an extra hard, you know, chop or slap on the back, which usually drove you to the mat. So people realized that if Andre uh, was in a bad mood or they felt that he didn't like them, they would stay away from him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at Big John Stud. Just go to Google Images if you want to see him too. Like Andre handled that, and Andre got mad uh, when he used to see Big John Stud step over the top rope to get in the ring because that was Andre's yep. thing. He was a giant. So, <laughs> That's right. uh, Jim, we should do this again sometime, and uh, maybe do it in studio and take some calls because I think people people love the old wrestling stories. Man, we appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you very much. I enjoyed it, and uh, I enjoy listening to you guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Have a good weekend. And- Grab that snowblower. Yeah, exactly. No thanks, Jim. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Condo Bye. living for this guy. All right. Jumping Jim Brunzel. He was the first ever wrestling autograph. When I was like seven years old, we went to Target Center yep. for a Macho Man Ric Flair card. And uh, Jumping Jim Brunzel was signing autographs. And big John Studd is big, but he's not that big. He's, he's no Andre oh, no. Giant. No, no, no. Yeah. But he's like, I'm looking you know, at the he's, picture he's big, yeah. but next to Andre, it's not yeah, he would close. Small. Yeah. All right, Dave, what kind of questions do you have for us when we come back? I've got a little Joe Maurer question for you, and we do need to address the storm, which is bearing down on us right now. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave's got some questions. That was amazing, by the way. Those old school wrestling stories, under the giant stories, They're jumping fantastic. Jim Brunzel. Yes. Never get tired of them. Dude, mm-hmm. just what's in the bag, sir? Beer. <laughs> I'd say I'd say the the wrestling stories and Lu- Louis' old time hockey stories. Yeah. Are my favorite on the show. Just li- just light the campfire and sit around. I love hearing those. Man. I mean, and we've heard enough Andre the Giant drinking stories from different sources. Now, it's not like one guy telling Andre drinking stories. But that documentary had five people telling drinking stories. Jumpin' Jim told three Andre drinking stories right there. Bottle of Merlot, or three bottles three of Merlot before, before wrestling in a match. Yes. <laughs> Here's part of it. I'll play a clip here from the documentary. Andre was certainly, I mean, one of, if not the greatest drinker that ever lived. I myself saw him almost every night drink 7,000 calories worth of alcohol. Brother, I was with him one night when he drank 106 beers. 106. Yeah. Most wrestlers would like maybe have a six pack, and Andre, the minimum that he would ever have was 24. He'd have him bring in a case to start the day. A case of wine. We go to this hotel, I mean, drinking and drinking and drinking, and all of a sudden now we're starting to go to bed. And we get close to the elevator, Andre, drops. And the manager of the hotel said, what are you going to do? I said, call AAA. That's all I can tell you. I was there. I did, wasn't there for the drinking. I was there the next morning in the lobby when he's still sleeping on the floor. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> call AAA. Just tow him out. 
Just sleep on the floor in the lobby. No big deal. Call AAA. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> oh. oh. All right. First question. Take him away. Take him away. Yep, that's it. Let's, uh, let's go to Joe Maurer for the first question, boys. Uh, whenever the career is done, whether it's after this year, who knows? Maybe decides he wants to hang it up. Maybe he plays a few more years. But whenever it is done, I want you to forecast what his post-baseball future is going to look like. As in, what will the accolades from the Twins be? You know, bronze statue, retire the number, Twins Hall of Fame. Yep. Accolades from MLB, how high will that go? Yep. How will the fans treat him post-baseball when he hops back on the field for whatever ceremonies? How's it going to be for Joe, and where exactly do you think he's going to be? I think the farther he gets from actually having played the game, the more we're going to go back and forgive is the wrong word, but the more that, that we we will accept the fact that this guy had a great career. Um, his number will be retired. That's a slam dunk. I've been told, I've not confirmed this, I've been told that there is a gate at Target Field that was that does not have a n- number attached to it because that will be Gate 7 eventually at some point in time. Uh, there will be a statue. Uh, I If this portion of his career continues, let's say he continues to hit for the next four years now, I believe that, that the national media that votes for, for the Hall is going to look very kindly now on the fact that this guy was a, was a catcher who won batting titles. It does not happen, but he did. And then came back a- after being injury-plagued for X amount of years and played well. Uh, I would not be surprised if, if he can continue on the track that he's been on last year into this year for, let's say, three more years. I think he goes in- into the Hall of Fame. I think the national press looks at him very kindly. And I believe that the fan base here realizes that that despite all the flaws they tried to find, this guy statistically was fantastic. Twenty five hundred hits would be another really interesting milestone for him if he if he could play like another. He'll rack up another hundred twenty or something this year, so he'll get to twenty one hundred, and and then if he can play like a couple more years beyond that, somehow get to twenty five hundred hits, three thousands almost entirely out of the question because he'd have to. It's, it, he doesn't. He's not going to play one hundred sixty games every year, but I think. Borderline Hall of Fame. I agree with Judd. If he continues to ride this out and and produces at first base here, maybe win, if he wins a Gold Glove at two positions, which he should, by the and, way, and he should have won one last year. Yes. He's turned himself into a great first baseman. Yep. Gold Glove accolades at two positions. If if he continues to tack on a couple solid seasons with high on base and batting average and and things like that, um, does I think he kind of gets the Kent Herbeck treatment to some degree, too. He's not going to be out there as much as Herbeck because he's not going to be as gregarious. But I think he gets a restaurant named after him. Maybe they change Bat and Barrel to, like, I don't know, you know, whatever, like Mauer or something. Like, Judd would love that, too, right? Because then you wouldn't well, have to stare at Bat and Barrel. Anything to change the, the name of that. Yeah. The 2% Club. <laughs> there it is. Yes. Um, 643, some people are going to joke. That's terrible. That's yeah, awful. Or actually 463 is what it, what it would be for Joe. Yeah. So I think all the things. I mean, how many statues are there? Puckett, uh, Killebrew, TK Killebrew, Oliva Carew, right? Yep. yep. Um, I mean, if Carew TC has a bear, yeah, yeah, TC, yeah, TC bear. I posed with TC bear statue, and it was very uncomfortable. Yes, it was. I, for everybody. I. Uh, what was your hand doing? We weren't. weren't quite uh, sure. Yeah, you and Perk. Uh, I think he gets a statue though, and and yeah. I I really believe that that when people look at the totality of this guy's career, they're going to realize that he had a great career. 
Yeah. Here's another interesting twist that could happen. This team is building something as a team. It's it's building toward they went to the playoffs. They're maybe building on top of that. Barrios getting better, and uh, they've got a lineup. Like Max Kepler is breaking out. Maybe they make a trade. I mean, if if this team in the next couple of years, if he signs another contract for a lot less money, but he's on the team and producing, and they were to win a World Series before the end of his career, yep, that changes the entire narrative. Because now, if he has produced in a World Series winning postseason, oh, he has it's completely different. There's yeah. not that giant gap between him and Kirby Puckett, right? And and here is the X factor in Joe's future potentially, Miguel Sano. Because we assumed, okay, he's going to get too big to play third base, but he's going to be such a good player, and he's going to move to first base. Miguel Sano keeps on the track he's on. I think these guys are going to look to trade him. If they look to trade him and possibly get pitching for him before it's too late, and Joe stays at first base, and like you said, Phil, comes back on a lesser contract, and so now Miguel didn't make that move. He's been moved out of the organization to a different team. That could definitely impact how long Joe stays here. So we were just talking about Andre with Jumpin' Jim, and I was pondering this the last few days. Guys like Andre, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, you could even say The Rock now, the magical thing about wrestling, they can transcend wrestling to pop culture. Every single person knows who Andre the Giant is. Everybody knows who Hulk Hogan is, etc. The biggest of the big are known worldwide in uh, their household names. I don't know that you can say that necessarily about even the biggest names in team sports. Whether it's Tom Brady, most people know who Tom Brady is, but a lot of people still probably couldn't pick him out of a lineup of three faces that look like alike. in the world, you're saying? Yes. Yes, you know what I'm saying. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. LeBron transcends it like that, but most mm-hmm. names, I think, can't get quite to that level as a, as a professional wrestler can, for whatever reason that is. Yeah, like Mike Trout isn't there, right? Oh, God, no. Not even close. Like, there's a lot He's of not American even baseball, baseball yeah. fans. <laughs> My question to you is, past or present, who's gotten the closest in your mind? Who's gotten to an Andre-like level where 30 years later you could make a documentary and it's going to be on HBO and people are going to be stuck to it and talking about it three days after it airs? Like current athletes right now? Past or present. Doesn't matter. Oh, man. Well, there's like, I mean, Michael Jordan is is the obvious basketball example. Mm Mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, if you're going to add that, in, in addition to just being great at what they do, but there's that other layer of storytelling. There's and, a legend behind it. Yeah. I mean, like, Wilt Chamberlain, Joe Namath from back in the day, Wilt Chamberlain sleeping with, was it 20,000 women? And, I mean, there's, you got to go way back for that. Now it's almost like athletes don't have that extra layer, though. I mean, Johnny Manziel, if he was good at football and was able to, you know, navigate his nightclub life, but I almost think those days are gone. I don't I don't know if you're able to be both top of your game in a sport and also have that sort of legend behind you in terms of your drinking stories and all yeah. the things we hear about under the giant. Not I, with Twitter. I don't know, man. Social media. Athletes Can a are pro so wrestler reserved. even do it anymore? Can you get to that level? I mean, John Cena would be the closest, but only because he's in movies, not be, I mean, the guy wears jorts. Yeah, he sucks know? though. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, The Rock is world recognized worldwide. Yep, as but an actor, there's not really a legend behind him. No, he's just like a really he's just a really intriguing personality who's in big time movies and makes a lot of money. But he's more polished, right? Like the these guys had their the, the old school guys had their flaws, which we find out about now, which are great to hear about. Like, is is The Rock going to have in twenty years? Is, is there going to be a great story there? 
Well, he might run for president at some point. So. Well, and then he might end up. This is true because he might win. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. I would say I would say the answer to your question is a very small list. Uh, would definitely be Jordan. Uh, believe it or not, Gretzky. Like Gretzky's name, Gretzky's name worldwide. I think people know. Actually, Tiger Woods too, because of like that's all not, the infidelities and stuff. That's like not that. team, but that's that's for sure accurate. But it's a very small list. Do you think Gretzky's on the list? Because I just don't think hockey's big enough. I, you know what, I think he is. I think because he was. So, I think if you go pretty much worldwide and say his name, you're going to get a lot of he played. They they'll know that the sport he played. They might not know a lot. Jordan Gretzky, but there's not. And but now. I'd be curious. LeBron, I'm not saying right. I don't think Brock Lesnar's on that worldwide level quite yet, but he's he's very close because UFC, WWE, and there's a mystery about him and his hatred for people and moving up to like Saskatchewan. And he and, might actually have stories, or that that could could be a guy that he would that, never tell his own stories. Story. But yeah, no, but guys could tell it for him. That's right. All right final question. It's really just a chance uh, for you to give Mother Nature the what fur and really tell her off. As we're bearing down on rain all day today, changing over to freezing rain and snow, six inches, eight inches, whatever the hell it's going to be at our front doors by the time it's all done Saturday. My simple question is this. Do you have any words you'd like to share with Mother Nature? And how long (laughs) in Minnesota, granted, understanding the weather patterns we have and the fact that we choose to live here, how long should winter last? The days where you can expect snow and temperatures, we'll mm-hmm. say sub 30 degrees, should begin when and end when? Uh, I think December December 1st is fine. If, for if it, it to end? If it snows, no. It, <laughs> for it to begin? For it to begin, oh, okay. I think December 1st is fine. <laughs> Sorry, it's end over. December now, 2nd. Yeah. Now, now, let's separate these two slightly because the cold and snow are different to me. It can snow in November. I don't want it to be 20 below then. Uh, but I believe that the frigid temperatures should be done on March 1st. And we still get snowed on in March, which I'm fine with. But it melts right away. But it melts right away. This is this is ridiculous right now. It should have ended on the frigid temperatures should end March 1st. And then I will accept snow up until opening day of baseball. I get that now. But that's it. Uh, my answer is very quick. December 1st through like March, the first week in March. And the only thing I have to say to Mother Nature is bleep you with two special fingers in the air right now. Let's play some games. She's mad at you now. Not those two, the other two fingers. 651, we need one caller right now, one lucky caller. Caller 5, 651 It's Game Show Friday on Mackie and Judd. Before we go anywhere, let's talk about the seller workshops here because you only have a couple days to register for a seat with the Chris Lindahl team, the number one REMAX results team in America. And, you know, if you look around the landscape, uh, the Chris Lindahl team is solving a lot of problems and evolving the way that we think about selling homes and marketing the sale of your home. In fact, if you sign up for the seller workshop, it's your chance to make an extra thirty to $60,000 on the sale of your home. You're going to learn so much in that hour, hour and a half whether you work with the Chris Lindahl team or not, the knowledge you gain is going to help you make a lot more money off the sale of your home. The fact is the world has changed when it comes to home selling, yet a lot of people are still doing the same traditional things and leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table. 
So it drives Chris Lindahl crazy when people do it wrong. He wants to spread the word and teach you about the Chris Lindahl team ways. Sellerworkshop.com to get tickets April 16th to the 18th. Sellerworkshop.com or 763-401-SOLD. Phil Mackey. He tried to be so polished. As a broadcaster, he says weird stuff, but it's almost funny at times. Judd Zolgad. Just from a baseball perspective, I really enjoy him. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Game Show Friday! It is Game Show Friday with Mackey and Judd. Here are your hosts, Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgan. Hello. I feel like everybody. we do this all the time now. We got Game Show Tuesday. Well, with the Twins tickets, we've had a lot of games. Yeah, that's shows. gone really well for us. Hey, uh, who wants to win Twins tickets? Actually, we should just start giving away Twins rain checks from now on. That should be our new thing on the show. Every day, we're going to give away, we're going to give you a Twins rain check. For a random Monday in May when the you Mariners know. fly back to town. Yeah, but you can go to games, and if, if it rains, you can go into the beautiful Bat and Barrel and enjoy a drink. You're so bitter about it. All right, we got to fly here because we no used up me. a lot of clock in those first two segments. But Game Show Friday today is sponsored by the Chris Lindahl team, the number one REMAX results team in America. we got a four-pack of tickets to the April 28th. Minnesota United match against Houston, uh, 7 p.m. MLB The Show for PlayStation 4 and a Blu-ray combo pack of Downsizing starring Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig. And our contestant today is Dan. Hello, Dan. Hi. Can you hear us okay? Yep. All right. Dave, what game will Dan be playing today? Dan, get ready. You get to choose your opponent in a very special general knowledge edition of Stump the Punk or Stump the Slob. All right, Stump the Punk or Stump the Slob. It's pretty easy. General knowledge trivia. Do you want to go up against the Slob Judd or the Punk me, Dan? I will go up against the Punk. Oh, Ooh, all right. This hasn't happened in a while. No. I'm going to leave the room here. No, we have not done this in a while. I don't, we don't have an intern, so I'll just like shout. Dave, shout at me when I'm ready. Oh, I'll come uh, running. I'll get. You. We don't, don't worry have about an intern. I wish we had one. Well, we could work on that. As long as they don't fall asleep on the job, it's fine. <laughs> All right, Dave. Do, do you need to explain more to Dan what we're going to do here? Well, it's very simple, Judd. You're going to provide him with six mm-hmm. questions of general knowledge trivia, and those six questions will then be posed to Phil. Top, uh, top of score is our victor. All right, Dan. Are you ready to go? Yes, I am. All right, first question for you. How many foot pedals are on a typical modern piano? Three. All righty. In nautical terms, starboard refers to the right side of the boat. What is the left side called? Uh, starboard. I'm drawing a blank. I have it. Starboard and... Five seconds. All right. Drawing the blank. All right. Pass. All right. What state contains the tallest mountain peak in the U.S.? Uh, Alaska. All righty. The song uh, God's Plan has been at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for 11 weeks in a row. Which artist or band sings it? God's Plan. God's Plan. Um, 
I don't listen to the new music. How about? Neither do I. Um, Imagine Dragons. I heard of that. Heard of them recently. All righty. Imagine Dragons. All right. Which of the traditional five senses are dolphins believed not to possess? Which of the traditional five senses are dolphins believed not to possess, Dan? Um, hearing. All righty. Founded in 1921, what company is credited with being the the first fast food chain? McDonald's. Okay, and do we give and do we give him the last one we as the tiebreaker? Pay attention to the rules, Judd. Those first six are the uh, questions to go by the tiebreaker. We hold on to if we need it. I got you. All right. So we give him a round of applause for a nice effort. You can go over the uh, answers I, with him if you'd like. I will indeed. Dan, you started off very hot because there are, as as you said, uh, three foot pedals on a typical modern piano. That was correct. In nautical terms, starboard refers to the right side of the boat. What is the left side called? It is called. I the, got it now. It, it is port. It is called the port. But you did not get that. Yes, yeah. Uh, the next question, question three: What state contains the tallest mountain peak in the U.S.? You got that one. It is Alaska. Yes! The song God's Plan has been at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for 11 weeks in a row. Which artist or band sings it? The answer was not Imagine Dragons, but Drake. It's a good guess, though. And I never good would guess. have and I never would have gotten that one. So yes, it was a very good guess. Which of the traditional five senses are dolphins believed not to possess? It is not hearing, it is smell. And then, finally, question number six. Founded in 1921, what company is credited with being the first fast food chain? Actually, McDonald's, I think, was founded in the 50s. The first fast food chain was White Castle. So you got uh, two of the, by my count, David Harrigan, two of the six questions, right? And now we are going to bring the punk Phil Mackey back in the room to see how he fares against you. So Phil has to come back in here. All right. Sit down. Are you ready? Uh, ready as I'll be as a as a person who fears general knowledge trivia right. and clams up and makes bad incorrect guesses. And to remind the listeners, if Phil does uh, end up as our victor here, first caller uh, will get their choice of the prizes we have. Uh, of course, Dan will still get a prize, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Dan doesn't beat you, Phil, that means that uh, we get prizes for another listener. So listeners are rooting for me right now. Yes, they yes, are. Good yes. luck to all of you. Something they've never, ever done before. Yeah. It's hilarious. We say we'll this all the time. People perceive that like I would, for some reason, be better at general knowledge trivia than Judd, so they always pick Judd. Well, I'm not good which at is it. Not, so. But I'm not either. That's the thing. All right, here we go. How many foot pedals are on a typical modern piano? Three. In nautical terms... Do I get to know at the end? Yeah. Okay. In nautical terms, starboard refers to the right side of the boat. What is the left side called? Ask it again. In nautical terms, starboard refers to the right side of the boat. What is the left side called? Um, I have zero idea. I'm just gonna wave the white flag on that. All right. <laughs> I love you yacht and, rock. I don't care about the and, boat. You and I Dan? don't care about the actual boat. I just want the Michael McDonald. All right. What question three? What state contains the tallest mountain peak in in the U.S.? Wow. Um, 50 to choose from. <laughs> the tallest mountain peak. It's not Minnesota. I mean, Colorado seems too obvious, but I'm going to go with Colorado. All right. That's a terrible answer. You know what? California, just for fun. Okay. The Both song- are wrong, so it doesn't matter. Okay, cool. <laughs> the, song, the song God's Plan has been at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for 11 consecutive weeks, much to my surprise. 
Which artist or band sings <laughs> oh God's God. Plan? <laughs> it's probably one of and our bumper not, songs. And it's not the it? Beach Boys, which is the first thought that came to my mind. So, Is there a multiple choice or no? Nope. Which, oh, I just have to guess yes, what it which is. Which artist or band sings it? Ah, it's been popular for 11 straight weeks. God's Plan. I huh? had no idea. I've never heard this in my life. <laughs> Neither um, did I until this morning. God's Plan. I, I got to guess a mainstream band of some kind. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Taylor Swift would have sung about God's plan a few years ago, but not no. recently, right? Oh. She, um, changed, she changed her ways. God, I don't know. Honestly, I honestly got no know. idea. Right. I'm just going to wave the white flag. Okay. Which of the traditional five senses are dolphins believed not to possess? Wow, that's a really good question. Of course it is. And we're not talking about the Miami Dolphins. Is the ability to develop a quarterback one of the senses? Yeah, I, no. knew, I, I, I knew you were going to. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um,. I mean, they got to be able to. They can obviously see. I would think they can hear, right? Five seconds. They can. I, they can touch, uh, taste, t- uh, hearing. Can they not hear? They can't hear. That's what uh, Dan guessed as well. Okay. Founded in ni- founded <laughs> in nineteen years. Founded in nineteen twenty one. What company is credited with being the first fast food chain? What year? Nineteen twenty one. Not McDonald's. First fast food mm-hmm. chain. Um. <laughs> Yeah, these are great questions. Of course they are. I didn't. I wouldn't say that. You wouldn't say. You wouldn't say you knew this. Or you no, would... I wouldn't say they're great. I'd say they're okay. Um, is it White Castle? Please let it be White Castle. I'm gonna go with White Castle. <laughs> Should we go, like through this go through the answers, Judd? <laughs> yes, let's do this quickly. This is, this is mur- How? I mean, I gave up on. Wait, two wait, wait. How many foot p- uh, pedals are on a typical modern piano? The answer is three. You got that right. In nautical terms, starboard, starboard refers to the right side of the boat. What is the left side called? It's called the port side. The state it's that, called Kenny Loggins. The state that contains the tallest mountain peak in the U.S. is Alaska. I was going to guess that, too. The song the song God's Plan has been at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 for 11 weeks in a row. Which artist or band sings it? Drake. Megadeth. Drake. Which of the traditional five senses are dolphins believed not to possess? You and Dan both said hearing. It is actually smell. That would make sense. But founded in 1921, what company is credited with being the first fast food chain? The answer is White Castle. Yes! Yes! We are tied. That does mean we have a tie, so we will give the option to Dan. We have a tiebreaker question. Dan, would you like to answer or would you like to pass it to Phil? I'll pass. Oh, come on, bring it on. Do you want me to spell this out to Phil or try and pronounce? I can pronounce it if you would like. Okay. I I know the pronunciation. Okay, then you read the question because I'll butcher it if I try. Phil, what is Triskaidekaphobia? Not the left wing for the blues. It's not fear of crackers. (laughs) It's not the right wing for the Oilers. Triskaidekaphobia. Triskaidekaphobia. Fear fear of crackers. Is it fear of crackers? (laughs) I don't even want that. It is not fear of crackers. Phil, it's very important because it's Friday the 13th. It's the fear of the number 13. Okay. So Dan is our winner. Congratulations, Dan. Dan. Nobody won, but Dan won. Dan, congrats, man. Thanks. Dan, contain your enthusiasm and excitement for Game Show Friday. Who's more enthused for Game Show Friday, Dan or Judd? That'd be cool, man. I'd like to see that again. <laughs> Mackie and Judd now continue. You're listening to The Wreck. Yeah.
That's a perfect name for us. We could just switch it right now. On 1500 ESPN. Hey, Twin Cities businesses, join the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in the 28th annual Dress for LLS this spring. Thursdays in May, businesses across the state will come together to join LLS in the fight against blood cancers for a minimum donation of just $5. Participants earn the right to dress casual or in a company theme. The top company will receive a bowling party at Park Tavern. For more info or to register, visit 1500ESPN.com. Keyword events. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, apparently the, the Twins game has not been canceled yet, but according to the old iPhone forecast here, it's going to be, there might be a little lull in the rain around 3 o'clock, but then starting at 5, <laughs> it's 80% chance of participation all the way through the weekend, basically. So, good luck with there's that. Like, I see that there's, was John Shipley from the Pioneer Press at Target yeah, Field already? It looks like he yeah. was there, and he said it was sleeting pretty good about an hour ago there. So so they might have to take, for sure, today and tomorrow. I mean, it is the White Sox. So they, they do get to play the White Sox at home a couple more times. But those other, So if they have to push those to other series, we're going to have a doubleheader somewhere. Yep. We're going to have maybe a, a, well, a four-game series. At, you're going to lose two games, and the White Sox come back here, I believe, twice more. The problem they have is the third and final trip for Chicago here is the last series of the season. Yeah. So they I think they'd like to get those the they'd like to play those games before then. Uh somebody told me last night that they were they were looking at common off days again to possibly bring Chicago here for a game. Mm-hmm. And then I believe Chicago's here in July, so they might play a doubleheader within that series and then use a common off day like they're going to with Seattle to have them come here and play. Yeah. Uh, it's a mess. We got so we got two minutes left here. We got something for you. Up the middle and through. It will score two runs. And the hometown kid reaches his milestone at home. All right, so for all the the anti-Joe Maurer crowd that you and I have been engaging with the last 24 hours, just people who are off the Maurer bandwagon and, you know, just... You were fighting with them last night. For sure. It's a it's a fight that I love to partake in because it's a really easy fight. I know it you just do. is. I leave you with this resume, all right? And I don't... If it's not a Hall of Fame resume, that's fine. I'm not even saying that it is. I don't think it is a Hall of Fame resume, but I don't... If, if your lasting impression of Joe Maurer is not a Hall of Famer, then okay, well, <laughs> Tony Oliva was not a Hall of Famer. Is he, does it mean that his career wasn't good? Here's the resume. Three batting titles, only catcher to ever accomplish this. Yes. An MVP award, which, by the way, even though that was his best season, you don't have to give it back or apologize for it. He won an MVP award. Mm -hmm. Five Silver Slugger awards. Three gold gloves. Probably should have a fourth at a different position. Maybe that happens this year. Mm -hmm. One of only 11 players ever to notch 2,000 hits, three batting titles, a 300 average, 390 OBP, 800 OPS, along with Ty Cobb, Rogers Hornsby, Tony Gwynn, Stan Musial, Honus Wagner, Ted Williams, Rod Carew, Miggy Cabrera, Larry Walker, and Way Boggs. Also ranks 20th all-time, 20th all-time, in batting average with runners in scoring position. Right behind Ted Williams, Jimmy Fox, and Lou Gehrig. Not good enough. It's not good enough for I me. Mean, I need more. Let's appreciate the guy. The I mean, guy's had a pretty good run. He's just milk toast, okay? It's not his fault. Speaking of, Judd's back tomorrow with Matthew oh. Collar, 10 o'clock tonight. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs>